Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Ephesians 5, I'm reading from the message version. Um, It says this, Out of respect for Christ, be courteous and reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives exactly as Christ did for the church, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favour since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he finds and pamper, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treat, treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And this is why a man leaves his father and mother and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery and I don't pretend to understand it. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself in loving her and how each wife is to honour her husband. How cool is that scripture? It's great. So we're going to speak about marriage this morning, and here's the disclaimer. We will generalise. We will generalise. You ha- you, um, so be gracious. We, we can't go deep, so there's going to be surface level. We'll touch on subjects. And if things are going okay and well in your marriage, it, it should be helpful. If things are bad, get help. Don't just think it'll get better, because it might not. So do be proactive and get help. And don't think, oh my goodness, no one else has this trouble. They do. You're not alone and your problem is normal. So do it. (laughs) Even if you're not married today, you can still pick up some keys. Um, We do this type of message once every year or two and uh, our heart is not to ostracise you. Our heart is to to help to build strong, healthy relationships in our church. So that's why we're doing it. Yeah. Paul and I have been married for 31 years. Woohoo. Woohoo. Yay. And like every marriage, it's been a journey, and we are not sitting here as experts. We're still learning things in our marriage, and we're still growing because that is the journey of life. Uh, but no matter where your marriage is at, it can get better, and that is what this series is about. The crux of the matter here and what we're looking at is all comes from this book, Love and Respect, which talks about how that scripture that I read at the, at the bottom in Ephesians 5 says, and this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself in loving her. A woman needs love. And how each wife is to honour, and some versions say respect her husband. A husband needs respect. Because women and men speak different languages. You know, we, we, it's the same words, but we hear them differently. Um, 
So when a woman says, I have nothing to wear, she means I have nothing new. When a man says, I have nothing to wear, he means I have nothing clean. <laughs> Same words, different meaning. So <laughs> we speak a different language and we need to learn how to understand each other's language. Philippians 2 says, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but for the interest of others. And that's how relationships work. When we are looking out for others rather than our own interests. Gordon Moore said it last week, and it's so true. Marriage is not 50%, 50%. It's 100%, 100%. And that's how relationships work. So, husbands need respect, wives need love. Over to you, babe. Now, I like to think of... Uh this love and respect concept as a merry-go-round in a playground. You know, the ones they've removed from every playground in Canberra because they're so dangerous. And we're in a nanny state. They've replaced them with cushions. <laughs> and kids can just lie down, you know, um, and be comfortable, <laughs> be safe. Yeah, so I'm on this side of the merry-go-round. Melanie's on the other side of the merry-go-round. And it looks like as we're pushing it, I'm pushing that way, she's pushing that way. But actually we're pushing the same thing. And we need to keep pushing and doing our job. I need to focus on loving Melanie. She's focusing on honouring me. Uh, and you'll hear why. It's, our delicate egos have a lot to do with it. But that keeps it spinning faster and faster. And as soon as someone stops or goes, does the opposite, it just causes problems. So how do we love our wives, men? Well, the number one thing, she wants to be close to us. She wants The best way to, to do that is to be open so Genesis 2 verse 24 says this, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now the reason is that she was taken out of man. So a man when he is married is meeting, is joining with the part that was taken out of him. So we are being completed uh, and the wife as well is being completed with the part of her that is, 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 uh, needs to be joined to. Now, some versions say cleaving, and cleaving is uh, uh, clinging to, holding on to, keeping close. And it's not just a physical cleaving, it's an emotional and spiritual cleaving. We spend time together spiritually praying together and being uh, sharing emotions. But we're very different in the way we communicate. So if you have a, a row of 3,000 Christmas lights called a woman's mind and a row of 3,000 Christmas lights called a man's mind, if one of those bulbs goes or is damaged in the woman's Christmas lights, the whole lot is in trouble because her whole mind is everything affects everything. It's all connected, whereas the men, it's all separate. You could do out with 110, 2,000, 2,999, there'd still be one bulb left, still flashing. I'm here. It's just a flesh wound. I can make it. I can get to work. And because she's all connected, the events of yesterday and last Tuesday are connected. The words and tone you used this morning and whether your daughter likes her teacher, they're connected. Uh, your wife is a wonderful integrated personality. Her entire system, one, one hurt, affects everything. Uh, a man is more able to compartmentalize. So uh, that has some benefits and some flaws. One of the flaws is that you forget the importance of anything. So we have a discussion before we go to work about how much money we're going to spend on the child's birthday, and there's a little bit of disagreement there, and then 
Men go to work, women go to work, women are thinking about that. They can feel it. It's affecting the day. Men have forgotten about it. They come home. Hi, darlings. Great day. How's yours? Very good. We've got to talk about this issue. What issue? You know, the money issue. What money issue? The one we talked about this morning. Ah. You know, it just has to be real. The door has to be opened again, and there it is. But most of the time it's shut. We compartmentalize. Problem? What problem? Sometimes we can refuse to give our wife uh, access to us and be disengaged and not talking. We're like an island that is, she's paddling around in the canoe, trying to find a beach to land on. But there's fog down. There's a smell too. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but it's, we're not making it easy for her to access. So we need to say, I've got some time. You're, we are, let's connect. Connection and openness is important. Yes. You know, buying, we think, cut flowers. Why do we buy cut flowers only last three days? That's a reminder that at least every few days we need to be connecting with our wife. Otherwise, the relationship fades away, just like cut flowers. So those flowers are a reminder, men, that we need to be doing the flowers regularly, but also the connection regularly. Awesome. Okay, uh, my first point, how do we show respect for our husbands, is understand his need for admiration. My husband needs my admiration. Ephesians 5, 33 in the Amplified Bible says, Let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honours him, prefers him, and esteems him, that she defers to him, praises him, loves him, and admires him exceedingly. Wow. So how are you, how are you feeling, men? Are you all going, woo! Amen. <laughs> the truth is, honest admiration is a tremendous motivator for most men. To know that you think he is capable, that he is doing a great job, that you believe in him can motivate him far more beyond what, how he would be motivated if, if I'm disapproving um, all the time. He needs my admiration. So no one is perfect and we have to talk through things that aren't working in our relationship. But we need to remember that men interpret continual criticism as contempt and it shuts them down and then they withdraw and Paul just talked about how we want closeness as women we want closeness continual criticism will send them away and it will be the opposite of what we're what we're after I remember reading a book called why women talk and men walk and it gives scientific proof and a, and a basic biochemical basis for a man's need for respect. So science is now proving what the Bible has said for thousands of years. And that is that most men have a heightened sensitivity to feeling shame and inadequacy. We, we as women, we have things that we're sensitive about. Generally, men are sensitive to um, inadequacy or shame. So if, if we are constantly disapproving of our husband, our husbands won't hear all the words we say. They'll just hear blah, 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 not good enough. Blah, 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 you've done that wrong again. Blah, 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 why can't you ever do anything right? You know, so that's, that's their brain, that's how God has wired them. Proverbs 12, 4 says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who shames him is like rottenness in his bones. That's a sad, sad one, isn't it? 
When our marriage was in a really tight place um, many years ago, I read a book that talked about this. And I actually lived this because I was in a really negative cycle. And when, you, when you're, any relationship is in trouble, it's hard not to be continually on that negative and all you see is the bad and all you see is what they're not doing. And all you, so you know what I'm saying, that negative cycle. And I read this book and I thought, right, I need to change what I'm, what's coming out of my mouth. And so I started to do that. I started to say the admiring things. I started to say the... Honey, you're awesome, and, and I really love how you did that. Because you can always find what you're looking for. The Bible says that. Um, and it actually changed the cycle, and it, and it really had, there was a great breakthrough in that for us. So your husband needs a woman who believes in him. When, when he fell in love and married you, he felt that you believed in him and appreciated him, and you would have. <laughs> And it touched him because it's actually really huge inside a man. And he needs that cheerleading to continue through your marriage. God made men that way. And that's what they need. Over to you, babe. It's great scripture, isn't it? Seek and you'll find it. So if you're looking for it, you'll yeah. find it. Yeah. And same thing for men looking for the best in their wives and speaking and thinking those things. Number two for me is understanding. Don't try to fix her. Just listen to her. So 95% of the time when one man goes to another man to express a problem, he's needing help because the uh, deck that he's working on, despite the money that he's poured into it and the injuries that he's sustained with the implements he does have that aren't quite designed for the job, uh, he is now reluctantly prepared to ask someone else for help. Bill, can I borrow the tool that you've got? That's right. So we have this thing of when someone comes for to, to talk about a problem, they want help. You take that into marriage and it doesn't work because they don't, uh, ladies are not necessarily looking for your advice. They want someone to listen. And so when you give the advice, you can get a, uh, an upset person who doesn't appreciate the advice. Please just listen to me. So this is um, advice for all men today. When your wife starts talking about a problem, you need to ask, okay, what mode do you want me in? Because I've got two modes at least. Men maybe have three altogether, I don't know. Uh, But I can have listen mode or I can have help mode. Which one of those would you like? And most of the time she'll say, I'd prefer just listen mode, please. And so we talk and and listening is a way that shows that we understand and we care. And that uh, that conversation, uh, just by listening, can be a real blessing to our wives. Uh, there may actually be tears. You know, waterworks can start up and events from a long time ago can be raised and lowered and then there can be un- unconnected things uh, can be raised while through the crying and, and then the, with the sniff, the crying ends and everything's fine and all you, you don't even know what you've done. I mean... <laughs> Not even sure what that was all about. But anyway, it's fine, darling. I thank you. Yeah, no, it was my privilege to listen to that. And, and it's great. She'll feel closer and connected to you if we don't try and fix her or her situation, but just listen. Isn't that right, darling? Very true, very true. Understand his need to provide and lead. Conquer, provide and lead. This doesn't mean conquering a woman. Conquest is about a man's inbuilt desire to go out and conquer the challenges of this world, to go out and work, to achieve. Um, As a wife, if you can understand how important your husband's work 
is to him. I mean, it's important to everyone, but guys, you know, it's important to them. You'll take, it's a giant step toward communicating respect and honour. The two things that he values. See, we value love, and they want to feel love, but they actually want to feel respect and honour more. A husband's desire is to provide the best conditions for protecting, nurturing, and growing their wife and children. 1 Timothy 5 says, But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever. I have watched over the years, um, you know, young guys get married and, you know, all's well, and wife gets pregnant, all exciting, all exciting, yay, yay, we're going to have a baby. And then just before the baby arrives or when the baby arrives, it like, it's like it hits them. Oh, my gosh, it's a family, you know, and that, that pressure that they carry to provide and to, um, you know, achieve for them, for their family. So this is something God puts within, within every man, so we need to be communicating what a great job they're doing with that and encouraging them in that. Fantastic. Thank you. Number three for me is about conflict. And it, look at 1 Corinthians 7 verse 28. It says here, but if you get married, it's not a sin. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're no, not disobeying God. If a young woman gets married, it's not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles. Hallelujah again promise from God. Don't you love the promises of God? They endure forever. You will have troubles. So there will be conflict. Some versions say you will have conflict. Yes, you will. And whenever the, you can be in a normal converse, quite nice conversation and suddenly the atmosphere will change, the temperature will drop and now we're having line, battle lines forming. And we need to get out the card table, put it between the battle lines, sit at the card table and go to that be prepared to have that dark tun- tunnel time to negotiate your way to peace, to make peace. And the number one thing that a guy takes out of his uh, man bag uh, or briefcase or backpack, whatever guys want to wear actually, <laughs> is sorry and ability to apologise, uh, the ability to uh, take responsibility for our behaviour. We don't run from, from it, we don't say it doesn't matter, we don't say... Uh, anything else we say, I'm sorry. And it's a good starting point immediately to, to lower all the spears and, and the butter knives that are flying at you um, and put them back in the, the drawer. So when your wife says something like, uh, did you remember to pick up Zach from the bus? First response is, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you remember that I'm going to the hairdresser in five minutes and I need you to do these things? Wow, look, I'm really sorry. You didn't notice the one millimetre I had cut off my hair today. (laughs) Wow, I'm sorry. Yeah, look, now I think of it, it's obvious. I stopped that after, I stopped that 30 years ago. (laughs) I know, I know I backed the car into the trailer and put a scratch in it but then you spoke loudly to me. You're right, darling, I'm sorry. <laughs> Immediately drops it down to peace area. We want to be blessed are the peacemakers. You know, that's what God, that, that's uh, when God wanted to make peace on earth, he sent his, himself in and he took it all, took responsibility, even for responsibility for people's sins that weren't his. So it doesn't really matter. Guys, I challenge you, take responsibility 
no matter how right you think you are, God could have said, I'm not going to apologize. But, but God took it all and said, forgive them. So let's, let's do that. Good preaching, huh? Yeah, wow. Understand his need for your companionship. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 9 says this, The wife God gives you is your reward for all your earthly toil. So guess what? We're a reward. Woohoo! How rewarding are you? <laughs> are you? Yes. How rewarding is it for our husbands to hang out with us? Our husbands like to be with us just for companionship, so they don't always want to be talking about something or to be answering questions or to be getting bogged down in relationship issues. They just want to have fun. They just want to laugh with us. I mean, sometimes Paul and I laugh so much that we're crying. Like, we just, it, you've got to have fun. Girls communicate, women communicate, you know, face to face, eye to eye. Men generally do it side by side. So they're doing an activity together. And um, if you're like most couples, before you got married, you probably spent 10 to 15 hours a week with the man you were going to marry doing all sorts of things you would have not chosen to do on your own. And you did it because you wanted to be with him. And then you get married and you say, oh, well, we're married now, so I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> Men still want to, you know, they want to have fun with you. The goal of marriage is to become a best friend, the best friend for your spouse. And friendship actually grows through spending time with each other on their terms, not just our terms. So we do, you know... If Paul's going somewhere to do something, maybe it's Bunnings or, I don't know, the tip. <laughs> I'll jump in the car and go with him because we can hang out and chat and laugh and do stuff. If we need milk at home, I mean, it's, look, obviously when you've got little kids you can't do this, but if we need milk, we go to the shops together to get milk. How silly is that? And they put it down the very end at the supermarket. Have you noticed that? So you have to go in. Anyway. Which is more time with your wife. <laughs> Thank you, Woolies. <laughs> when they're doing something, you know, in the house or outside or somewhere, like with, there's some deck time, fixing our deck is happening at our house at the moment. And um, instead of just doing what I'm doing inside, if Paul's out there fixing the deck, I'll go and just sit out there and just be there and just chat. And he'll say, babe, can you go and find my, I don't know, what's a tool? A new deck. <laughs> no, I can't do that. You know, some sort of tool. I'm learning the tools. Can you go and find the thing? And we'll just laugh and talk. And guys love it if you're just out there with them. If, if your husband is not opening up to you, wife, this could be a key. Try just hanging out with him shoulder to shoulder over a number of weeks because, you know, he'll just be, just things will just come out while you're there and uh, it's a great thing for a marriage. Wonderful. Number four for me, loyalty. Guys, I'm not going to do that first scripture, uh, I'm gonna, but wife needs reassurance that we are loyal, that are our, for your eyes only. So our eyes are not waving and going all different places, they're focused on her. So Job 31 verse 1 says this, I made a covenant with my eyes that I would not look at, with lust uh, at a young woman. So it's 
It's not the noticing of a young woman that is the problem. I mean, that would be trying to get a guy not to notice that a woman, an attractive woman is walking past is like trying to tell, teach a dog not to notice a cat running past. But it's the second look. It's the third look. It's the other looks. They're the problem. They're the ones that uh, you are under your control and you make a covenant. Have you made that vow? Make that covenant with our eyes that I'm not looking at other women. I'm looking only for her. And I uh, encourage all men to take your wife with you wherever you go, even if she's not with you. You take her in your mind, in your heart. You carry her uh, with you. I've got a picture of Melanie as uh, a three or four-year-old in my office. I have it there just... Just, you know, my, I'm living to make that little girl's dreams come true. They might turn her into the princess. And uh, when I meet other um, men, uh, we're talking, I, I'm always speaking positively about Melanie. And when I, especially when I'm meeting other women, I'm meeting, speaking positively about Melanie. And when I was working in government uh, schools, there'd be occasionally women who were quite interested in making my acquaintance. Why? Because they are either in a marriage or not in a marriage and they're looking for a guy that a Christian guy should be. Warm, caring, friendly, approachable, reliable, honest, you know, and that's fine, I can be professional, but I also want you to know that I've got a great wife, and I'll say that up front, make it very clear straight away how wonderful she is so that we haven't got any grey areas, we're not leaving any little um, possible grey areas in that friendship or that professional relationship loyalty. Thank you. My last point is understand his need for sexual fulfillment. We need to appreciate our husband's desire for sexual intimacy. Sex is important. <laughs> Amen, said the man. God's design, God designed marriage so that a wife will be the one to fulfill this important need. In fact, you are the only one who can. See, this is my quote. I am the only one who can fulfill my husband's sexual needs. When a man chooses a wife, he makes a commitment that says to her, I will look to you to meet this need. And I'm committing myself exclusively to you. And Paul just talked about that a little. Um, so most needs that a man can legitimately, most needs a man can legitimately satisfy outside of marriage. He can find, and he does, thank you, Jesus, someone to go camping with. I know some of you love it, I don't. He can find other people to say, awesome job, Paul. I loved how you played that guitar, da-da-da-da-da. No, you know, and he should find all of that within the marriage as well, but if he has to, he can get it outside of the marriage. But this, the need for sexual fulfilment cannot be legitimately satisfied anywhere else but in this relationship. And, and um, he's made a commitment when we got married to look, for me, to look to me for that need. He's restricted himself to me voluntarily. And some women, they just put their husband on a diet. And they'll say to me, oh, he wants sex again? Yeah, yeah, he does. We want our husbands to have eyes only for us, so... Get into it, girls. <laughs> Can I say that in church? Get into it with your husbands. He feels respected when you appreciate 
that sexual desire that he has for you. God's commanded, this is what God says to husbands in Proverbs 5. He says, drink water from your own well. Share your love only with your wife. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Let her breast satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. That's what God says to our husbands. Be captivated with her. You know, that can't happen unless we're both in it together. Marriage is what you make it. The grass is not greener on that side or this side. It's greener where we water it, where the water comes. Are we watering our marriage? Because it's very important. Yeah, and the two or three guys of my life that have come to me and said, oh, we haven't had sex for a month or two, uh, they, those marriages fell apart. It's not because the sex is an indicator of an issue that's not being addressed. And it's not like have sex and you've got to solve the problem. But if you're not solving the problem, you're not going to have sex. And, you know, their marriages were in crisis. And that was an indication of how bad their marriages were because they weren't unable to come together in that way. Number five, my last one, uh, esteem. She wants you to honour her. I'm just going to jump to 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Honour your wife, treat her with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. So treat her as you should, so your prayers will be answered. And I consider that word weaker is more about vulnerability than anything else, certainly physical vulnerability. Uh, There's a a horrible epidemic of of violence in marriage, and women are usually the ones who suffer, Uh, but also emotional vulnerability as well. Women need to be honoured by us. That, that scripture previously Melanie read about she being her, our crown. She, 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 as I said before, we're making a princess out of her. I think you can sort of see the way a man is treating a woman, uh, his wife, by her face. And, and, and the, has she got smile lines on the face or, or frown lines on the face? How is she looking? How is she um, being honoured in that relationship now, the Bible doesn't say that you have to understand your wife. It says you just have to treat her with understanding. So you don't have to know, what, what is sad about that movie? Why are you crying? But we don't have to understand. We just have to have uh, honor that, that's a part of her that is so sensitive as to find that touching. So we treat her with honor. She wants to be number one. She's number one. We, we spent a lot of time, money, and effort trying to convince her that she was number one before we got married. And then a lot of guys say, right, bag that, so move on. And, uh, but no, we've got to maintain number one, number one status all the time. She's continually being reminded that she is number one. How often? Well, it's just like the bunch of flowers uh, that I mentioned in the previous one. If I reset that in this message, you get all lost about what I've said and what I haven't. Did I say anything about flowers? There you go. I love two services preaching the same message. Fantastic. What I will say is that uh, we have lots of uh, sense faculties as human beings. We have the hearing, the taste, the sight, touch and so on. And we can severely damage those if we don't treat them with honour. You don't turn, go and stand right up next to one of these speakers when we're pumping it out. You'll blow your eardrum. Don't take a super hot 
thing of water and you'll lose all your taste on your tongue. Don't stare into the sun during an eclipse or pretty much any time, actually. Um, your sense faculty of hearing, take that one away, just write that one down. Um, so your senses will be overloaded and you'll ruin them. And the same thing, um, our wives are incredibly sensitive. They've got senses that we do not understand. They're able to take one look at us, hear the tone, the words, the timing of the words, body language, brrr, got your whole day worked out. They're sensitive. And, uh, and then they're ready to help you unpack all of that if you are um, mature enough to, to do that. And uh, so we don't want to overload or damage our most sensitive faculty by being too smart, too cutting, too uh, rude, you know, uh, these sorts of damaging ways that we can damage our, our wife. Let's be men who are honouring and not damaging. We've got the power for good and the power for evil. We need to handle our wives with care and honour. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.